one. We're live. All right. Well, we're live then. <laughs> what? Uh, welcome to the outside. Rabbit Hole Podcast, everybody. Uh, I guess today's episode is going to be on Bigfoot, so we'll just roll right into it then. Squatch. Same squanch. <laughs> Squeeches. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, Bigfoot, what do y'all think about it? <laughs> think about I think, it a lot. I think we should just go around and, uh, Tristan, Bigfoot real, yes or no? Uh, once upon a time, for sure. Nowadays, I okay. don't know. Tyler? Yes. Yeah. He's real. That's all I, uh, I'm, all right. I'm not saying it. Yes. <laughs> CJ? Bro, there's, there is a big foot. He's there. I mean, it's got to be. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. Okay. I'm, I'm, on, I'm on the same. I'm a little bit of a mixture of Tristan and Tyler. I mean, there's definitely something there. Um, go ahead and get our biases out of the way so everybody knows where we're at. Um, I mean, I, I, it's, it's hard not to be biased. Whenever you grew up obsessed with something, you know what I mean. Um, yeah, I get that it's... for sure. <laughs> and or that and possibly having you know your your own experiences with something. I think something... that plays a big part into it too, for sure. Is yeah, the fact definitely. that you think I mean that you have experienced something that you can't explain, and that that yeah. kind of gives you a face to the name. You know what I'm saying? It, it does, definitely. or or at least in in my case, a sound to the face with the name yeah. or or you know actions that you know there there's some sort of there was something there also right you know there was something that has physically happened even to you yes yes that anyways cause... we'll get into the stories yeah, in, in, in a bit we'll i'm that. sure um let's just start off here with kind of the the history of bigfoot kind of where all this started i guess kind of like uh to to me to me the the main like origin of bigfoot in the united states when people think bigfoot they think of the patterson gimlin film um back i mean it was recorded back in i believe the 60s um in fact, let me look here. I think it was filmed. It was 1967, I believe. Um, but to me, that was like the first time that people were like, holy shit, there might actually be something out here. And here we are 60 years later, or almost 60 years later, and the uh, the footage is still debated regularly on whether or not it's, it's an act a hoax or it's a real creature walking and and i mean it's it's to me it is an actual bigfoot in that in that film i have watched that over and over and i have watched people um debate over it and study it and it just it's not a hoax it i think it was real but it's also so hard because i mean people studied the video in there's a thousand different things that have come out right where it's it's not real or it is real or the what what you know his his i can't even for whatever reason can't remember the name his, Patterson. he went Pat- yeah he, he took a lie detector yeah he took a lie detector test right and it come out that he wasn't he wasn't lying about any of it and then he comes out and says oh well it's actually this is all just a hoax you know I, so i mean even even from the creator there's like 
some conflicting evidence on it even yeah um well i mean it it's there is conflicting and and then there there was a fella that came out and and said that he was he was paid um to wear wear a suit um he i, I believe he was approached by patterson and gimlin um that they would pay him such and such amount of money to ride they went by horseback um up and up into the woods I, I mean this is just what i'm remembering off the top of my head um and he put the suit on and they said go walk out across that riverbed and um we're gonna record it and then and then you'll get your money and i i mean you can you can say because i he had an interview on on one of on a show years ago it might have been monster quest one of those i don't remember exactly but he uh basically said that you know he was paid to wear the suit he had the walk and and if you watch him walk in real life he walks very similar to the bigfoot that is in the that's in the picture and i mean that's that is the one thing that kind of makes me be like hey might be a hoax um but i mean it's just been studied so much in in the in the footage you can see muscle movement you can see the you know the way that it walks so easily through that riverbed um i don't know i just i, I think it's real and i may be crazy I mean, but... been... I mean if you and if you take back and if you study film from that time i mean big big budget movies they, yeah. they don't have costumes that are that realistic exactly and, that <laughs> look like that yeah i mean and i i mean the figure in the in the video looks massive too it don't look like a, a man wearing a suit it looks like it's tall and fuck freaking ripped excuse my language yeah, freaking I'm, ripped i mean the arms uh, are the giveaway from me in that i mean the, the arms are extremely long long the, yeah But so I, Patterson Gimlin, what do you guys think? Fake or real? I don't. I mean, I want to believe it's real. Okay, Tristan. I don't really know, honestly. Like, I just, I don't know how they could have faked it with the way that the uh, the footage is. But at okay. the same time, it's just like I said earlier. Uh, in history, uh, Bigfoot existed, but I just don't know about in modern times. Right, how recently? Tyler, what do you think? You, I mean, you obviously think it's it's real. I think I think it's real. But like Tristan's saying in history that they were real. I mean... They we, definitely were. I mean, Gigantopithecus it, is, was a thing. Gigantopithecus was a, thing. Was, a, was a Bigfoot. It was a for, large for sure. ape or humanoid type creature. Yeah, so, and, I mean, and, and that's not I debatable mean, at all. That's straight science. There's fossils that have been found. It's just a matter of has that animal survived uh, through this through time. I mean, I personally think that Gigantopithecus is what our, our Bigfoots are. Um, I I do think that. Um, I mean, you all know what the the history behind all that is, right? They came over on the landmass. Uh, 
the Bar- Bering Strait. Strait. Yeah, Bering Strait, yeah. I believe, um, which connected the North uh, North America to Russia. Um, Russia and um, in in the the theory is is that they traveled across this landmass, not in large numbers, but in enough to be able to actually get over here into the North American continent and then settle. <clears throat> and that's why we don't have very many is because they, I mean, they're almost an extinct creature, you know, as it is. But, um... Yeah, at the same time, they're some, something similar to, like, the American Bigfoot is seen all over the world. And it's, all over you know, the world. it's been... Yeah. For for <laughs> several hundred years, like I mean, it's not just this isn't just a recent occurrence. This is no. something that's been happened for a long time. Yeah, and and I mean, if you look back through history, it's it's a lot of a lot of cultures regard an ape-like creature as almost a deity, um, as like you know the the Native American Indians. I mean, they have there's paintings. Of a creature that looks like Bigfoot, and I—I I mean, they—they viewed it as a sacred animal. I mean, you know, you don't mess with it, and it won't mess with you. And it—and it was something that they—I don't think that they worshipped it, but I think that they respected it. Um, and and I mean, if you, you look over in in across the sea. You know, uh, you have the Yeti, and you have um, what's there's some uh, there's some other st- other they've got all got lots of different yeah, kinds well, of names. The the geography of it, it is kind of what interests me about it because the Pacific Northwest, the northwestern territories of Canada and Alaska, is where you get a lot of these sightings and accounts of a Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. Also, across the ocean. The Himalayas, uh, the Mongolian steppes, China, and parts of Russia and Siberia is also where you get a lot of these things. Well, those were connected by that Bering Strait landmass once upon a time. Yeah. So it's just the geography of that thing. Like, there's there's obviously a concentrated group of these creatures in those areas. And, and most and most sightings are in areas that are heavily wooded. Um, the terrain is in, extremely um, severe, and, and in most cases, you we're talking thick brush, rocks, you know, giant bodies of riverbeds, and that kind of thing. Um, and you know, it gives them gives them an advantage to hide in. I mean, you know, I it it's and if you think about all the different species of animals we're constantly discovering yearly i mean it's not just Mm -hmm. we haven't i mean we haven't we have not explored everything like there's this it's we're constantly finding something new something different so it's just i don't i don't think it's it unfathomable to believe that hey you know we might might not be seeing something every time you go in the woods, right? You might not be going out there to hunt it, and it, you know, it's likely going to have a better advantage of hiding from you and showing itself when it wants to be seen. Or, well, especially if it, if it's if it is 
smart. I mean, we're not talking about a dumb animal here. We're talking about something that is humanoid. I mean, it it more than likely is very intelligent, and and it's gonna blend into its environment. If it hears or sees something, it's gonna hide. It's not going to just make itself known. Um, and in most cases, it's gonna be in places to where it's not gonna have contact with humans most of the time anyway and on the super rare occasions that it does it's whenever you have somebody out hiking or doing some sort of extreme um something extreme and out of the ordinary for a human being to do and and that's you you know what i mean and and you know i'm looking here one thing that always fascinated about me and i want to always say this to people whenever they say well i've never seen one that's fake you know and i'm like well do you all remember when the coelacanth fish was found and it had thought to have been extinct forever i mean like millions upon millions of years and then they find one and and guess what they they find them now i mean they're still super rare but they do find them giant squids yes exactly i mean you know they didn't yeah you know a giant squid they always thought was was just a myth a legend until they finally caught one on on film and now we know for a fact that they they are real and to just say something isn't real because you have never seen it to me that's ignorance yeah it's just it's which i mean i guess on the flip side is if you've never i mean if you've never seen it you can't you can't say yes it is it's absolutely 100% certain it's real until there's concrete evidence right i mean there's all this evidence we do have it's all this a, evidence it just I depends guess. on what you identify as concrete like tyler for example thinks that that patterson gimlin video is concrete evidence whereas there's plenty of other people who argue that is not concrete evidence because a video can be a hoax. Edited and fake. Yeah. But, you know, I think the, the biggest, I mean, I think this debate will never end until we have a a actual body found and confirmed by some someone in the scientific community, right? I mean, it, it's... Or one's yeah. captured. Yeah, there's going to have to be one captured alive, for sure. You know, uh, that's the thing, like, if, if, if we could fund more um put more funding into organizations like the the bfro um the bigfoot field research researchers organization to be able to go out and and actually hunt these things um and you know to see to see if they're real um you know but it's never going to get that type of funding because it is up for such a high debate on whether or not it's actually a real creature and you know i like i'm on their website right now and i i'm looking we're from missouri and there's only 155 total listings of actual reported sasquatch sightings in missouri um well there's two in the last two months though yeah yep there are there are but you've you've got to You've got to understand we're we're in the in the middle 
of the United States. If you actually go out and let, I'm just just gonna go out on a limb here and look at Washington State and just see how many. I'm sure Washington is much higher. Six hundred and seventy-eight total listings of of quote-unquote sightings or stories that people have told. Let's look at Oregon. Oregon has 255. But if we're going to talk about total number, Washington State holds, looks like to me, holds the record for the... And and I've been to Washington. Woody, you've been to Washington. We've both been to Washington together. It is nothing but gigantic trees, foliage, fog, and tons of places for something like a Bigfoot to live. 100%. Um, and I mean, I have an, another evidential point, not to not to cut you off or turn you off on that, no, but um, <clears throat> I have another piece of evidence I want to talk about a little bit. Um, okay. So Zana, you know, I've talked with all of y'all about Zana before. You know, this is like my obsession when it comes to Bigfoot is this story. Um, so I'm just gonna give you a quick little one minute synopsis here. Um, Zana was captured in the 1870s um, in. What would now be Georgia or Azerbaijan area um, between Russia and Georgia in the Caucasus Mountain areas? Um, 1870, she's captured by this merchant, sells her to a nobleman. Um, you know, if someone can, while we're talking about this, what was the average height of a woman in the 1870s? Can you guys look that up for me? Yeah, I'm on it. Um, yeah, I got you. Okay, so she was six foot six. Okay, completely covered in hair. I mean, we know there's diseases that make us, you know, there's disorders that you can be completely covered in hair. Um, mm -hmm. But she could outrun a horse and not just like a broken down pony. Like we're talking this nobleman's racehorses. She could outrun this nobleman's racehorses. Um, the whole time that she was in captivity with them, never once learned how to speak their language. You know, they would talk to her every day. She never learned how to speak their language. Um, didn't seem to speak any at all. It was more just kind of like a... Mute tones, growls, things like that. Um, story kind of takes a sad turn um, where she is used in a um, sexual manner and actually ends up becoming pregnant. Um, by and there's human. really no conjecture by a human. Yeah, yeah, by a human. Um, and there's really no conjecture on her existence. Or her family lineage. I mean, that's all pretty well proven. There's even um, an artist drew her at the time. And we actually put that on our Facebook page. Um, the portrait that the artist drew of Zana um, at that time with her sitting in front of him. She um, was a beauty, too. She was a beauty. <laughs> yeah, she was, she was a looker. Um, but now, so she, she had to uh, like... Getting a little much. Did she have the, did she have the child? Yes, she had the child. So she had a son um, who is photographed as well. Uh, we didn't put that on the Facebook page, but we might put that somewhere in the comments or something. Um, so she did have the child, and there's an active lineage. There's well, six she, people living. Well, she, um, she had four children with uh, some of the local men, actually. Yes. Um, most of them didn't make it to like adulthood, um, mm -hmm. and I think a couple of them were like – complications um at a young age but there is definitely one male who did make it and he reproduced as well so now there's six living descendants that are like <laughs> that direct is... grandchildren that is crazy 
That they're, um, they're, and they're they, living like today. Living today. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Living today. And, um, and they live in um, the regions called Abkhazia. It's kind of just like on the, I guess that's the Black Sea or the Caspian, one of the two, um, in the Caucasus Mountains. But it's it's crazy. Um, I don't are they know. hairy people or are they like so, are they like what? I'm looking at a picture of the sun features? right now. I uh, mean, you know, he looks just about like any any guy from Georgia or Azerbaijan, really. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't look like crazy out there, like completely covered in hair or anything. Um, now was she covered and that in was hair, or was she? Yes, one hundred percent. More like, or was she more Neanderthal, like just um, distinct facial features and um, um, very distinct facial features, but also covered in hair, like completely one hundred percent covered in what they called a dark auburn hair. Wow, that's weird. Well, I mean, I mean and we, that's the. No, go, go ahead. ahead. No, you're good. <laughs> we do know that, like, there are lots of people that have quote-unquote the wolf man disease yeah what is that are covered in hair from head to toe and i mean they look like what i would consider a, a sasquatch would look like in terms of a man covered in hair but then again there are distinct features of a sasquatch that um hypertrichosis is what that's called what that mm -hmm. is called the wolf man disease yeah werewolf yeah, hypertrichosis to, but you know, like when, when you think Sasquatch, you think a gigantic—we're talking eight to nine, ten foot tall, bipedal, six, five to six hundred pound animal that covered from hair from head to toe. Obviously, have large appendages because I mean, is how do you know this? Foot. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But I mean, you know, we. But you also, when you think of when you think of Bigfoot, to me, I think of they have more of an elongated skull, more kind of like a Neanderthal. Yeah. You know, it's, would, it's, it's definitely more like ape-like, like the the, the mm -hmm. pronounced brow, longer, yeah, crowned. Yeah, more skull. of like a gorilla yeah. um, shaped head, flatter face, probably. Well, it's also so what I've been reading uh, on on uh, Zana is that they're actually done. Like some DNA testing of her, her children, mm -hmm. and it's there. It comes back as saying that that she she was like one hundred percent sub-Saharan African. Like the the DNA comes back. See, I was reading something them. like that too. Yeah, but see, how's that? You know, that doesn't even make sense. Oh, well, but they're also saying that, that she, she was an escaped slave. She was an escaped. Yeah, that. Slave. But also that she could have been a uh, surviving Neanderthal. Oh yeah, yeah, that too. Why that you know that could be why why they were able to interbreed. Is but that you, kind of where they came from? Is that, I, that the African area kind of the Neanderthal? Neander like? Well, Neanderthals came from the Caucasus Mountains. I mean, that's like a lot of where you see mm -hmm. um, a lot of that spreading up the Caucasus and going to. Um, that's where the word Caucasus into like from, Spain and exactly yeah exactly. So, but I my my understanding was that. That Neanderthals like died out thousands of years ago. So they died out. Uh, am, am I wrong? Tens of thousands. Yeah, well, like, they would like they... hundreds of thousands of years ago. Well, oh, says, okay, so, so then like how is, is saying... she a surviving Neanderthal if there was? I mean, if that means there would have, have to be so other descendants. It would have it would have thought to have died out tens of thousands of years ago. Mm -hmm. So, okay. um, 
some of the some of the best known Neanderthal specimens come from Gibraltar. You're probably familiar with Gibraltar, you know, the big rock. Um, mm-hmm. But the the last members of the Gibraltar Neanderthals uh, were thought to die out around forty two thousand years ago. Um, but there has been sightings, uh, or not sightings, but discoveries of Neanderthal like. Um, you know, there was a a lot of whenever you get into like the Germanic people, a lot of those are mixed. You know, human Neanderthal. So you still have like high Neanderthal populations in a lot of those. Yeah, you can um, take a DNA test right now, and it'll tell you the percentage of Neanderthal like genes, I guess. Yeah. Um, that well, you would have in in you, and so and, like, yeah. So I mean, it's just it it, it may be. She was just a specific case where you guys know how, like, recessive and dominant genes work and stuff like that. Right, and how you yeah. can pass down things without having them yourself. Maybe she just carried those genes, and maybe her parents carried those genes, and they were passed to her just, to cause those it, features. You know, and she was just... Do the, you the guys one remember, um, there was a wrestler, um... Now I'm gonna get into giants for a second because to Andre? me, <laughs> Andre well, the giant. not not Andre. No, he he um he was the in the Collie. Get Smart movie, The Great Collie, Yeah. Oh and yeah, The Great Collie. If you look at his face, and and I'm like I'm not making fun by any means. I'm just if you look at at people that do have gig gigant gigantism gigantic whatever it's called, they have a very to me Neanderthal look to them. Um. I mean, they they have their facial features are are somewhat more pronounced. They have very large hands and feet. Um, so what? I mean, what what if what if what we are calling a quote unquote Bigfoot is just a descendant of gi- of giants or or Neanderthals that were giants? Because I mean, we we have there is proof that giants existed as well, and I mean. We have what we consider giants today. Mm-hmm. What if this is all some sort of a, you know, it's all connected somehow? Like you know an offshoot I mean? of, uh, of evolution kind of thing. Exactly, Different yeah. Kind of I mean, something which there that is, is... Which there definitely is. There is Neanderthals. We've talked about Neanderthals plenty already, which is an offshoot of Homo sapien, which was a human, just a different kind of human than we have today. But what people sometimes forget is that there was Cro-Magnons as well, as well as uh, Denisovans, what are which, those? Is, which has been recently those. found. It's just a, basically a different type of uh, humanoid. Okay, so so for instance, like, what what if we had a a race, for lack of a better word, of gi- of giant Neanderthals that were nomadic? And never got, never became civilized, and they they did travel across the Bering Strait. They originated across the ocean, came across, and then that is, and, and they are still nomadic and still living off the land, and still, but but very rare because they have died out. What if that's what? people see and what we think of as a bigfoot or sasquatch is some is an actual human uh, a, a type of human that is less intelligent but 
still alive and living, just just very rare. I mean, I don't know. I, I would almost rather say that a Sasquatch is more human than it is an ape. But, but... I think it's somewhere, it's definitely, like, it has to be almost in the middle. Like, it's, it's, it is in the middle of maybe an, an evolution type of thing where it's, it's making its way to something more similar to us. Right. It's definitely got to have traits of both, for sure. I mean, it's got to have the intelligence of a human to be able to stay hidden like it supposedly has. But also, there's just the strength and the, I don't know, capability of an ape to live in that kind of environment for so long. I mean, what if, what if it's just mutation? What if that's simply all that it is? Um, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. It's very possible. And, and, and honestly, I don't know if, I mean, we'll never know. That's that's what really sucks about it is, I mean I've I remembered, I've remembered multiple times throughout the last probably ten or fifteen years where there has been a quote unquote, I, I think two on two occasions I remember a quote unquote Sasquatch corpse was found, and it was uh, these hunters or these guys had a cooler, a giant cooler that they had put a bunch of dead, it was raccoons or or something, in but. They they made it look like a dead corpse of a monster, and and then it was of course it was on the news and everything, and it of course ended up being a hoax and everything. But you keep getting your hopes up, thinking that hey, we're gonna get something, and then whenever we finally do, and and that's another thing we've we've not had not that I've been aware of a, a video recording or or pictures of in in recent memory of any good actual. Uh, footage or or pictures taken and and you know i don't keep up on it as much as i used to but you know that kind of stuff you would think would be would be out there as much as social media blows crap up anymore we'd be able to you know i'm sure that would be something that would be blown up yeah you would think so definitely you would think so i want to kind of go back to your uh your thing about uh, a humanoid that has just never been contacted by civilization. Because mm-hmm. I want to touch on the the Sentinelese on North mm-hmm. Sentinel yeah. Island. Because people think that every percent of the world has been civilized. Yeah, we've, and every we've part of the world has technology and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But there is people on North Sentinel Island, there's a whole population of indigenous people that are completely isolated from civilization. They have never... Well, they have come in contact with people from the outside, and they killed them. Like, uh, there's uh, a U.S. missionary in 2018 and two fishermen in 2006 that were murdered by these people because they have completely rejected civilization and technology and all the things that come with that. They complete. They stay completely to, your, to themselves. Yep. So just just and they'll because kill you the, if you mess with them. Yeah, they will, and they won't ask questions about it either. Like, and you're legally not allowed to come in contact with them. Yeah, yeah. The the Indian government, because uh, that island is off the coast of India, mm-hmm. in the uh, Adaman Islands. But, now, is this the tribe that like shoots shit at planes and? Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Like if a boat comes a... close, if a boat comes with bow and arrow range, they're gonna shoot at it. That's, didn't they have a someone was flying a, a drone over the island or started mm-hmm. to and they shot it down with a bunch of spears and arrows 
Yeah, yeah and that's that the thing is they won't even investigate the thing. Like it, that's but what boggles me the most. They were just discovered, right? Just like not even that long ago. Yeah. No, it, they have not been. They have not been known about for a very long time. And that's what I'm like exactly. Uh, if if we an actual group of humans have hit out this long, then what the hell is stopping an extremely rare? animal or humanoid that there's way less of because what what's how many what's the population of this tribe of of they don't know um, um, uh, yeah they, they, they have no idea what the population so is. it can be from, anywhere from 15 to 250 i think is usually what they say well it says from in 2018 they say in, from 39 um this is what they're saying the actual population is highly uncertain maybe as high as 400 yeah i'm seeing it that's off of wikipedia right that's where you're oh, I mean that that just goes to show that. I mean, so, there's a, it, a question and answer. Sorry, I this is this is just because of the Sentinel thing. But it says the question. Someone asked a question about this and says, "Are there any any interesting things to do for kids on North <laughs> Sentinel Island?" And one of oh the answers God. was, "Yeah, there's a bubbling jacuzzi that rem that resembles a huge cooking pot. Locals promise <laughs> not to eat you." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's that's you know just you know, actually just right next door to them um, in Indonesia there's a I don't we've talked about this before us but a Homo forensis um, is called the Hobbit is what they call it and that's just like I mean not even a thousand miles away it can't even be five hundred miles away but it's an island in Indonesia um, where. They're, they're not exactly sure. Sometime between 12,000 years ago to, to 50,000 years ago, a species died off. And this species was um, like three and a half foot tall on average. That's, you know, just over a meter tall. Um, so a pygmy. A pygmy, yeah. And, you know, and the crazy thing about it is when you, when you look back, I mean, these would have interacted with, with humans. And, I mean, probably killed off by, by humans, in all honesty. Um, I mean, they... They used stone tools. They, I mean, they were obviously smart. They obviously, you know, villaged, you know, did things like that. Um, but then you, you start to get thinking about, like, in our, what comes to mind is, is the Mummy movie, right? The original Mummy movie. Yeah. When Brendan no, Fraser. the second the, one. The second one. It's the second one? Yeah. It's the second but that's, one, yes. That's before we found this. Uh, Homo florensis, florensis, sorry, um, evidence. So we've known about this historically somehow, right? And that's how yeah. a lot of these things are. We have some kind of passed down knowledge that these things did exist at some point in time, right? Somehow we know about it. Same with, you know, Bigfoot and things like that. We might not have evidence of it, but it's ingrained in our societies, Culture. you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It is yeah. across and, the world, yeah. not just mm -hmm. not just in the United States. It's across the world that it's in. You yep. know, uh, Native American cultures, like you said earlier, Native American cultures worshipped uh, some sort of deity like this. There's <laughs> the Pangbache hand, um, in a it, it's a hand at a Buddhist monastery in Nepal, which is in the Himalayan mountains, which is where the the Yeti comes from, which is of course a uh, cousin of bigfoot or sasquatch or however you want to say it but it's and it's worshipped it's in a glass case with a with a skull i don't know if the skull has a certain name but it's, i know it's the actually hand is called the, the it's actually hand. 
not not a skull. It is actually what when I, when what I was discussing earlier about the the dome of a Sasquatch. His Sasquatch's head is is supposed to be a lot taller than that of a normal person's. That is supposedly the top half, like almost like they scalped the top of yeah. The, so it's like the, the crown uh, of his. The crown exactly, yeah, and yeah. it's. And it's actually very tall, and I mean, it's 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 like you said, it has been encased in glass for a long, long, long time. Um, and I, I remember, I believe, is on an episode of Destination Truth. Um, Josh, I can't think of his name. Um, Josh, whatever his name is, and his gang, they actually go to this monastery and they try to let um, them. I, I think they actually do let them see it, but they, I mean, they obviously can't touch it or anything. And I also think I remember a story of of a um, a scientist or or somebody went and he took actually hair sampled, right? He that or he might have actually tried to steal it. I I can't remember how it went down, but he did try to to take it. And I mean, still to this day, nobody actually knows, you know, what it is. I mean, a lot of people think that it is a hoax. A lot of people think that it's you know. A goat's ass or something. I, I can't remember exactly what it is, but I mean it's something, you know. And it and it is it, it when you look at it, um, which we'll I'll put pictures of it up on Facebook. I may have already put pictures yeah, of have. it up on Facebook. That the hand is the hand is skeletal, but the the dome of what is supposedly the head is still covered in fur and. And I mean, I don't know if there's bone underneath that. I don't know. I don't know what there is, but it's it's really interesting, um, you know. And we're we're, we're talking about actual findings. I, I bring up Destination Truth again. I I remember um, an episode of that show, and that that show fascinated me. I I watched every episode, whether it had something to do with the paranormal or with a creature of some kind. But they found they went out and actually I believe I believe they were in the Himalayas. I'm thinking this was the same episode that they found they went and seen the but they found hair, a hair sample um, that they took back to the states and got it tested and it was some sort of hair that um basically was unknown. It, it didn't match any existing known animal um that that we are aware of so that to me is concrete proof but i mean it is what it is definitely definitely so uh you mentioned that you've kind of had your own experience um i think we we most of like I, I think a couple of us actually have a story of a not a personal experience but a story of um a bigfoot encounter so if you want to go ahead and go into that then well me and me and christian have uh a story that that to this day is probably um in terms of an actual bigfoot sighting or bigfoot encounter I would consider it an actual unknown encounter with something that I think was a Bigfoot. Um, we were in California about seven years ago. 
uh, in the Sequoia National Forest. Um, we had got there late at night after after a long day on the road, and we were looking for a place to sleep. And we come up to a, a little a little town called Camp Nelson. Uh, the population was literally like less than sixty people. And when we when we got there, we we pull up to the main strip. We see um, that there's no lodging. There's a grocery store, I think, and um, a bar or something like that. It, it I it's been a little bit, but we uh, we didn't have. Any th- we, our cell phones, I don't even think we had service, if I remember correctly, but we get there and we have a Tom Tom and an Atlas, and our our Tom our Atlas actually says that they're supposed to be lodging here. So we pull over on the side of the road in the middle of this, I guess, town. It ain't really a town, but I've, what would you call it, Christian? Like a little, I mean... Yeah, like a, a couple park ranger houses and a bar. That's yeah, about it. like, I mean, it it was... And, we pull over. I mean, there's not really a lot around us, you know, and except trees, because we are we are in the Sequoia National Forest. And if you don't know what the Sequoia National Forest is, it's it is where the sequoia trees grow, which turn into massive, massive um, trees. Um, I mean, there's some that you can actually drive through. They're so so big. And this was actually the the staple of our trip. Like I wanted to see this place so bad, and. We were going to stay there that night and then wake up and then actually explore the next day. But anyway, we're pulled over on the side of the road looking at the Atlas, kind of talking, getting a game plan together because there's nowhere to stay in this town. And it's almost three in the morning. And while we're sitting there, from my right side, I'm in the passenger seat of Christian's car, from my right side out my window. And mind you, we have all the windows rolled up, the sunroof closed. I hear a a yell um i don't know what else how else to ex- describe it except it was almost like it was a territorial scream slash hollering yell sound that that basically was telling me and christian to get the hell out of wherever we were um christian looked over at me and i look over at him and we both say did you fucking hear that and I mean, we're instantly terrified. I mean, I, every hair on my body was raised, and I mean, it was it was horrifying. Um, Christian puts his car into gear. We don't. We quit looking at the atlas, and I mean, we tear ass out of there. And instead of going the way we came back down towards civilization, we go further in through the Sequoia National Forest, um, and we actually drive another 50 miles that night and and came out on the on the outside of it um and we slept in the car that night because i mean we couldn't find anywhere to stay but we ended up not going back because i mean we were both terrified and and christian i mean he can tell his side of the story he was in the military at this point in his life and not scared of hardly anything and this guy i'm talking was terrified and and it 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 was for sure um, an experience that I'm never going to forget, um, and I and I and I I have told the story before, and I've told it to to quite a few people throughout the years, only to people that I don't think will <laughs> think I'm a kook, and I'm putting it out now. I'm putting it out on the internet for everybody to hear, but um, and I actually do have a recording from the from immediately after that night, and I'm going to post it on the Facebook page later. But it. That's even. 
uh, along with that, right? So that entire trip you had been you'd been vlogging the whole way, right? Your experience. I vlogged the whole trip, yeah. And I mean, uh, I you know I love to vlog and I love to to uh, to share my experience with people. And and I actually when I recorded after right the uh, probably thirty minutes before the experience, and then an, about another. Well, I mean, basically immediately after it happened, and we were already spooked and creeped out by the time we got to where we were going, and then when we heard that noise, I mean, it just kind of put us overboard. Um, and you know, it's it's one of those things when you're in the heart of actual Bigfoot territory, because I mean, California is one of the most states with actual sightings, and the Sequoia National Forest is to me, the prime location for a Bigfoot to live. I mean, it's giant trees, lots of foliage, lots of very few people. Like we're saying the town had less than 50 people in it. There's not a lot of human contact that, that it could come in, you know, come in with. And, and it just, it was, it was terrifying and, and I'll never forget it. And I mean, I, uh, I, I don't know. Christian, do you think it was a Bigfoot? Like, I don't – I'm not going to sit here and say that it was one, you know. I'm I'm just saying that it was something that scared the shit out of us. Um, and we, we listened – I remember the next day, we actually pulled up the sounds of elk. We pulled up the sounds of mountain lions. We pulled up the sounds of anything in that area. And then we also uh, – if you get on the BFRO's website, they, they have – supposed recordings of what a sasquatch sounds like and we found actual sounds on the website that sounds very similar to the noise that we heard that night and uh anyway it was just it was scary and i'll never forget it yeah it was a it was a wild night i don't think i've ever driven that well in my life um (laughs) yeah (laughs) but no, the, the thing for me about that whole experience, you know, from, from start to finish, that was territorial. That was territorial defending, hey, you're in my spot, get out of my spot. But for then sure. we get up the mountain, we get to the top of the mountain, probably, you know, as a crow flies, probably not a mile. But... Um, 90 degree corners and... <laughs> yeah, but it was probably five miles that we had to traverse by road, but as a crow flies, not even a mile. You know, when we got to the top of that hill, I'll never forget, possibly the more profound part for me was coming around that around that bend. Um, there was like this hairpin corner and my lights hit up into the into the tree line and there was something standing there um, next to a sequoia that, I mean, made that sequoia look like just a little regular old oak tree. Um, there was something big standing there, wide eye spread. Now, I'm not going to say it was Bigfoot. It could have been a scarecrow for all I know. But... That eye shine, though, man. That eye that, shine was the part, something the, else. The, the part that, and you know, when I actually did a little research on on eye shine for for animals, most eye shine for deer, not any nocturnal animal that can see at night, is either orange or I think green, green or orange, yeah, like greenish yellow. Um, what we saw was, and and I'm talking about, it was spaced a a good probably nine to 12 inches apart mm-hmm. was silverish white eye shine. Um, and, and it, I mean, this, this, we see this just minutes after we hear the noise and, um, it, 
it uh, that sticks out to me as well. And I mean, I remember googling that next day. I'm like, Bigfoot eye shine color. Like it's had to have been recorded by something, you know. And it's it, I mean, from what I've seen, there's not really been a lot recorded about silverish white. Most like I said, everything's orange or yellow or green, but it's still, I mean, it, it could have been a reflector. It could have been something. I mean, I'm not saying that it was a Bigfoot. We were already scared, but with the combination of numerous it, things exactly. definitely created it, a situation. For sure. I want to um, go I back. Have a, yeah, me too. Me too. Maybe maybe we'll, uh, we'll do a little adventure vlog on it. Um, I have so another... <laughs> I have another one. Um, you were there for this one as well. You always get me yeah. in trouble. Um, Dude, people are gonna think that we're like legit insane. We're just out in the woods doing DMT or something. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, uh, I no, we yeah, have another topic. <laughs> another topic. Um, so this was even later than than that experience. This was was it twenty fifteen. Uh, yeah, Halloween night of 2015. Halloween night of 2015. Already just an awful night to be out. But um, we went out to a, a local place, uh, did some hiking. We took this crappy old truck I had at the time. I mean, I loved it to death. It was a piece of junk. We took it out there, and it ended up breaking down. Um, well, we're, before this, we had been dirt roading all day yeah, in it, true. burning out and everything. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. you... Yeah. All kinds of irresponsible <laughs> things. It wasn't necessarily the truck's fault. It was more my fault for putting the truck in the situation. Um, for sure. But we break down, and we're probably a mile and a half. I think it's a mile and a half from the from the highway. No, it's three miles down from the highway into, into the actual miles? spring. Yeah, dude. Oh, gosh. So, three miles. So it's uh, me, Tyler, and Tyler's wife. So we're like, well, I guess we're going to have to hoof it out to where we have service to call and say, hey, we need someone to come pick us up. Um, so we start hoofing it out, um, grabbed a couple guns out of the truck, and was like, well, let's get to walking. So as we're walking, we have a really, uh, you know, it almost gets dark. It's a very odd occurrence of a, like a blood moon on Halloween night, right? So we, uh, we're going, and it just it gets super dark, and all of a sudden it just gets like, extremely red uh i'd really like to study some more about the, actually how that what that means and how that happens but um the well, whole thing gets red Halloween? yeah that's probably gotta have some kind of significance right i'm sure it means like <laughs> death or something death or yeah something like that um as we're walking along tyler's lagging behind me and carrier are up probably a good 50 feet in front of him and carrie points out to me she goes do, do you hear that this sounds like something in the woods over there i'm like yeah, I've uh, I've been hearing that. Um, we keep going. We get probably about another quarter mile, and Tyler's like lagging way behind. I'm like, well, at least elite Tyler um, before it gets to us, and that surely Tyler's gonna be a meal enough. We can get away, right? No, no big deal. So, me and his wife are just walking along, and uh, then all of a sudden Tyler's like, "Hey, you guys hear that?" and starts running, catches up to us, right? Um, gets there with us, and this thing, whatever it was, stalks us all the way out. You know, I'm thinking. Black bear, I'm thinking mountain lion, you know, both pretty prevalent in the area, pretty territorial. I mean, black bears aren't really territorial as much, but mountain lions definitely so. They would stalk you out of an area like the, that. And we are getting more bear as the time goes on, too, in this area. So Definitely are. I mean, and, you know, and they're, they're so curious that they could have just followed. But um, that's not really what 
made me think it was a really odd occurrence. Was we get up to the road, so we walk three miles out of this thing, and this thing is still following us, whatever it is. You can hear it in the, in the tree line, but it's so dark you can't see anything. Um, and it stops course, and we stop. Yeah, yeah, that was the craziest thing. It, yeah. Like, we'd stop and it would stop. Um, no flashlights, nothing. We get up to the road, and then um, all of a sudden we just hear something go flying past our head. Uh, go whizzing off into the trees on the other side of the road. And then it happens again. And again. And again, and keeps occurring. I mean, and we're not talking like little pebbles flying past your heads. We're talking fistful-sized rocks Actual um, being thrown rock, across yeah. the road, um, across a highway, a state across highway. a highway. Yeah, we're yeah. talking. It's clearing from point of origin to impact at least fifty foot in distance um, yeah. from where it was at to where it was hitting on the other side, and and it wasn't you know hey something's falling on that side no it's i can hear this thing flying over my head and hitting the other side yeah and we had to wait there because that was the only place we had service to call and we had to wait there for someone to come out and i mean i don't want to linger too much on the story i know i've lingered a little bit but it was just a very odd occurrence of you know something that i know of course i'm not gonna say it was a big foot i'm not gonna say it was some something it wasn't um, it could have been the deliverance guy just following us with a, with a you know, <laughs> well, throwing rocks. I, I will say, um, my wife, who was my girlfriend at, at this time, um, we had only been dating a few months, but she is a very not, I mean, she does not get scared or afraid of things at all, hardly ever. And she's, she's very skeptical when it comes to, um, things like this, but she even, I mean, even she was terrified and to this day, um, she does not, uh, no, she, she doesn't know what, what happened there. Um, and, and what's, what's actually, if you, if you want to get like down to it, we, we live in an area that is, that is surrounded by what's called the Mark Twain National Forest. Um, we live in Southern Missouri and it's, it's a very dense wooded area that it's state state ground and that's actually where we were um but i i do i got one i want to tell a story here that happened um it's actually from the bfro website that happened right here at home um in 1971 that still to this day i mean it it scares me to death and i actually i just want to read it's a little passage here on the bfro website um but this this story I, I I read about this back in I mean school years and years ago but I have always found it to be to me uh, and I don't I wish I knew I wish I knew who who turned this story in because I would go find them and I would talk to them about it because I find it that fascinating but let me let me just read this this ha- happened on June first of nineteen seventy one so fifty years ago however forty nine years however long it's been. Um, it happened actually about 14 miles away from our hometown, um, which is in the, close to the vicinity that we were in whenever this, this last story that Christian just told was. But um, the, this is, this is I'm going to read what it, it says here. It says, this is a true story which I remember very well, even though it has been around 30 years since it happened. I own three dogs at this time, two hounds and a squirrel dog. They turned up missing for about three days. On the night of that third day, I had a wind-up alarm clock set inside of a wash pan because I was so hard to wake up. 
Sometime between 10 o'clock and 11 o'clock p.m., my wife shook me awake, saying the dogs must be back. She heard some growling noise real close to the house. When I heard the noise, I told my wife, quote, that ain't no dog. I, it, it was the weirdest growling sound I ever heard. I jumped out of bed so fast I hit the dishpan and it went across the floor and made a lot of racket. I looked out the window through through the window screen and there was what must have been a bigfoot creature of some sort it was not a bear it was a very moonlit night so i know i couldn't mistake a bear for something else and it was not human it was covered in long wavy hair on its body but much less hair around the facial area it had a human-like face and yet it wasn't human suddenly it turned its head not its body just its head and just stared in my direction god gives me chills every time i read that I started to feel a panic coming on, but I knew I had to do something. I raced to get my shotgun, ran out the front door. I was sure I could reach the yard in time, but it was gone, even though there shouldn't have been time for it to pass the clearing of the yard. So I fired the shotgun into the air just in case it was still close by. Less than one day later, our dogs returned to us. Um, the other witnesses were wife heard growling. I observed the creature. The time and the conditions. Um, it was a very clear moonlit night, and the environment was forested area two miles from the Eleven Point River. Um, uh, the follow-up investigation report. It says, I spoke with the witness via telephone, and the following details can be added to the report. The witness observed the animal from inside the bedroom at a distance of about 12 feet. It was described to me as having long brown hair covering the entire body except for the facial area. The hair was approximately six inches long, wavy looking, wavy looking, and it appeared appeared to be matted. No footprints were found the next day due to the hard gravel landscape. During the same time frame, sightings were reported in the area, one involving a man having an encounter while working on his car. So, I mean, that just shows me that in our area that there have been sightings. So that makes that night a little more creepy to me. Um, you know. Like I said, yeah, like we said, we we don't know if it was Bigfoot or not, but it was it was definitely something. Um, and and the rock throwing, like that's something we've not discussed, but a lot a lot of the time when people have what they consider a a Sasquatch encounter or a uh, Bigfoot encounter, they they always relate tree knocking and rock throwing to it. And um, I uh, we didn't hear any tree knocking, but we did have rock throwing. So. Which actually, I mean, even in in 1925, there was another another I, sighting yes. of a, a quote unquote wild man. Yep. Yeah, I think it was in the newspaper, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I've the, read that it was one as well. The, yep. But what, I mean, what is that, it um, that was displayed that they found at Kosh? That you guys know what I'm talking about? Like the Kansas City newspaper came down. Is that the same thing? I'm not sure, man. I'll look that I mean, up. This, up this is nineteen. This is in June of nineteen twenty-five. So I mean, mm -hmm. looks like June's a bad month to be out in the Mark Twain. But, um, and and if you saw the last name of this guy, <laughs> this story's about you. You you might make the the story might probably might think it's fake. But anyway, I mean, it's been almost a hundred years ago. But to me, that close to home. When your when your hometown is mentioned in the in the in two Bigfoot reports on the actual website, it's it's pretty pretty freaky. Yeah, and just the area that we live in. I mean, the middle of the Ozark Mountains. Uh, 
it's it's very hilly. It's kind of some rough country in there. It's pretty dense forest, and that that river, the Eleven Point River, is one of those like protected rivers. Riverwise? It's kind of yeah, it's kind of like a protected river. There's not really any civilization within like 10, 15 miles of that river, like like actual civilization, like businesses and stuff like that. Like there's some homes that that live up and down it, but as far as like real civilization, hardball roads, you know, it's it's pretty yeah. desolate out there on some on some areas. I've always wanted to like go out with with a camera and a backpack and spend a whole night out in the Mark Twain. Um, you know, and, and just kind of see what kind of experience I can get or have. I, I of course, would not do it alone, <laughs> but I, I, I've always wanted to actually go out there and, and do something like that, you know, uh, because we, we have prime quote unquote Bigfoot territory right here, right here in our back door. And, uh, we've never really gone out and, and, and done that, you know, it's, me and Christian have actually have actually discussed that to the point where like we almost did it, but I don't even know why we backed out for whatever reason. Well, I've done I've done a couple nights um, where I just loaded up my old International and um, went out and camped in the Mark Twain um, oh, out by Lake McCormick. There's some trails yeah. that you can take, um, which out is Lake not McCormick. far from where where we were in the yeah. last story. Yeah, very close. Um, we actually. <laughs> I, I'll make this super quick. This is a funny one. I'll make it super quick. Um, the night that I camped out there with, um, I camped out there with two people. Um, we went out there in my scout and we had it loaded down. Um, I fell asleep in my tent. One person fell asleep in their tent, and a third person fell asleep at the camp, <laughs> at the campfire. And you know, I was, you know, I was tired. I was like, yeah, he'll he'll be all right. And then, uh, you know, this isn't a, necessarily a bigfoot, but. Late that night, probably two, three in the morning, I hear something like pushing on the side of the tent, rustling up like a you know, a coon or something, bear or something coming up in there trying to trying to get close to us. I just thought about that night with that that experience of falling at falling springs, and I got yes. this guy sitting out here sleeping by the campfire. Scare the <laughs> shit out of you. I mean, it is. It's scary. And I mean, like, yeah. and this is something that I would honestly like. Like, if people watch this and and you have an experience of your own. I want I want you all to 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 put them to comment for us because I I want I I find it fascinating to hear other people's Bigfoot stories you know and and you're in a you're to me with this community that we're trying to build you're in a safe place to discuss this stuff without being trolled or without being you know I I want you to feel like you can tell your stories because that's that's what that's what we're here to discuss and uh, you know we're these. Just because we discuss it in one podcast doesn't mean we can't bring it back up again down the road and, and bring your stories into it and, and you know, and, and kind of further dive into something that we've already discussed. And, and to me, hearing other people's stories would be a really cool, really cool idea. Especially like later down the road when we, you know, we've kind of ironed out all these problems I'm sure we're going to have. You know, we could, <laughs> we could have a part two type of thing, you know, where we come back and we review Revisit. everything that we've laid out right and we yeah. you know kind of do it a little better with even maybe the community's help itself or you know like where they've their stories we can we can go through and look at what they've experienced and stuff like that to see you know and examine 
And and I, I boys, I'm totally down one night. Well, we sh we should honestly like get together and go out and do some recording out there, and, and we can post some some videos of the of that night out if we get anything cool posted to yeah. the page. That would be awesome too. Before we Which... continue on here, we're kind of straying from the topic a little bit, and I want to kind of bring us back. I got two things I want to cover real quick. One um, about the the denseness and the environment where these sightings have been recorded is um, it is so easy to get lost out there and it is so sure. easy for things to hide. I mean, um, me and CJ, for those who don't know, we're related. We have the same grandparents. Our grandfather got lost. He's grown up in that area his entire life. And when he was younger, he got lost in those woods for three days. Now, if you know this person who I'm talking about, you would not think of him as be the type of person to get lost in those woods. No, but I mean, it having, he literally lives there, right? I mean, he, that's yeah. that's his backyard. I mean, lives I in the are, middle of it, lives in the thick of the woods. Irish wilderness, the Mark Twain National Forest, and he got lost there for three days. So that just gives you a kind of an example of, of how um, easy it is to get turned around in there, how there's so many different places that look exactly alike, and you never really truly know where you are. No, but, you don't, and, and... Go ahead. I, when when you think when you think denseness like that, and you think of a of an ape creature, I mean, there's a there's a good possibility they're up in the trees. Like you know, that's something that we've never discussed, or that, to me, that's never really been discussed much about about a Sasquatch. Is they are an ape, or considered an ape, or a humanoid ape. Why why would they not be hiding up in the treetops? You know, to to avoid you know being sighted by people yeah i mean most people don't look up I mean, no 90 percent of the time especially if it's a nocturnal kind of thing yeah. what if it's a nocturnal creature you're definitely well, not sure. looking up whenever it's dark out you're trying to see Hell where no. you're going you're looking down yeah. Yeah. but anyways um another trait of bigfoot that is going to tie into the story that i'm going to go through here in a minute is smell um most people that have come in close contact with what they think is a Bigfoot have remarked on the specific musk that it has. Um, kind of a wet dog kind of smell, kind of a, a skunk kind of smell. And even skunk in, ape. Yeah, in Arkansas, there's actually uh, a lot of um, stories of a, of a skunk ape, yeah, that, that has that smell. But anyways, I was told a story... When I was younger, of um, a man that I knew, he was a preacher uh, and a, a part of a Native American tribe, I guess you could say. He classified himself as a Native American. So he definitely did believe, have ties to a, a belief in this type of thing. Just to get that kind of biased out of the way before I get into it. But he said he remembers, um, he was probably in his 70s when he told me this story. I think he was in his 30s when it happened to him. But he uh, was sleeping in bed one night with his wife. And he hears his door open uh, aggressively. Kind of like something's breaking in. He wakes up and grabs a shotgun. And this is back in probably the 60s or 70s. So it's... You know, not the same technology we have today. He didn't just grab his phone and flip on a light. 
Um, I don't think he's mentioned anything of a flashlight. But as he's walking through his house towards his door where this sound came from, he gets that smell. He said that's the thing he remembers the most about it is the smell. He really harped on that. Uh, the musky, skunk, wet dog kind of smell. Yeah. Anyways, he gets into his living room and he sees a large figure standing in his doorway. A large, dark figure. It's scary as hell. Um, and he is... He was a preacher, of course, uh, Native American, so he he was kind of in tune with his uh, spirituality, I guess you could say. So that's kind of what he attributed to it at first, was some sort of spiritual thing. And so he didn't act aggressive towards it, because it didn't act aggressive towards him. And I think he just said he asked it to leave, and it acknowledged that. And it backed out of the doorway and turned around and left. And that's all it was. It was I mean, it just, it was there. Like, curious. And he asked it to leave and it left. His son um, added to the story by saying that he was asleep in the car that night, passed out drunk, maybe for whatever reason, I have no idea. He's asleep in his car that night, has his window down and his feet hanging out the window of his car, and he said that it comes by and brushes up against his foot and oh. sniffs his foot, whatever this thing was, and he said that he remembers the feeling of the hair. That so is, that, that I mean, that kind of just brings in kind of the Bigfoot, maybe that's what it was. I think they both attributed to it as some sort of spiritual thing. They were both pretty deeply seated in their Native American heritage. But the next morning, the man who told this story wakes up and goes to his neighbor to ask if anything strange had happened to them. And uh, you mentioned dogs in the story earlier about the man's uh -huh. dogs going yeah. missing. Yep. The neighbor's dogs had been ripped in half. But not eaten. So That's... It's kind of like, you know, a dog usually acts as a warning system. And yeah. uh, that dog, had been, it, that warning system and it makes silenced. You, it makes you wonder, with, with the other guy, his dog's being missing for three days, if if whatever he did see in his yard had had possibly kept the dogs or, or you know, didn't allow them to go back so that it could scout out and see what was going on. Um so that and without being alert without the dogs alerting you know whoever's living there mm -hmm. and to me to me if it's that intelligent that it would do something like that then i mean this is something that um you know and and again i want to i want to say i do not think that a sasquatch is necessarily a violent creature you hear mixed you hear mixed re reviews you hear people that have been actually attacked by one um, but then you also hear of like what you just told you, you tell it to leave and it, and it does, you know, and, and I, I think it really depends on, on how you approach it as a, as a person, you know, I think it can or read even, fear. Do like, I? I mean, from, from one human to another, right? There are, our, our, our natures are not all the same, right? Exactly. There's some people yeah. that are more inclined to be violent and to act violently when confronted with stuff, and there's there's others that want to. They they don't want the confrontation or the the 
the problems that would come along with con com confronting yeah. something. So, I mean, mm -hmm. even, you know, it's even, you know, with, with animals, there's, you know, animals that aren't, one could rip your face off, whereas, you know, another one might not rip your face off at that time, might be a little more friendly, you know, it, you know, it's all just based upon maybe how, how they if they are, feel threatened or if yes know, or what kind of um environment you're in and, and stuff like that and like if there is some sort of creature out there like this it's definitely not coincidence that we haven't ran into it like this thing's not just wandering around in its natural habitat waiting to be found it's purposefully staying hidden you know? exactly. So in that case, it will only come out at night. It will hide in trees, caves. That's another part uh, that I forgot to mention about the the place to where we grew up in, the Ozarks of Southern Missouri. Is there is so many caves, a ton, so many caves that have never been explored, and there's just you know, um, there's plenty of places for this thing to hide. So. Well, boys, I think that we've discussed some pretty, pretty good points tonight. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, I, like I said, Bigfoot is something I've always been really passionate about, and and I'm I'm always up to discuss it. I'll debate it. Uh, you know, if someone wants to, to tell me it's fake, I'll 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 ask you why you think it's fake, and then I'll give you my viewpoint on why I think it's real. Um, but does anybody else have any stories or anything they want to tell? Yeah, any mm -hmm. final points before we uh, kind of wrap this thing up? No, I, I, I don't. I think we've covered a, a real wide array of different types of encounters or reports, you know, firsthand accounts, historical data reports, you know, different things like that. Mm -hmm. I really feel like what? we've done a real good on, on covering a wide berth of this whole thing. You know, of even like even like what it could have been, you know, not necessarily being like it is a hundred percent. This is this is the squanch, right? This is it. <laughs> it could be, I mean, we've we've exactly. we've we've covered so much more stuff that like, hey, you know, maybe maybe some this could have been, you know, like with mm -hmm. with uh yeah. with uh Lana Del Rey, whatever whatever her name was. <laughs> Lana Del Rey. What about Lana Del Rey? <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of lost on that point. Actually. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think he's talking about the the Russian, Neanderthal Russian. chick. Oh, Zana. Zana. Lana Del Rey. You know how I mean, how we even disputed that maybe it wasn't maybe it wasn't Bigfoot maybe maybe she was she was a a, a Neanderthal maybe maybe, she maybe you know, her genetic makeup. Was yeah, her 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 genetic makeup being uh, sub-Saharan African, and you know, so I don't. Know, I think we've I think we've covered as much as we possibly could. Yeah, definitely. Being, when, when we post being, this and we, and we get this on the Facebook page, um, we want the community's feedback. Give us your stories for sure, for sure. Stories and and we also want to hear what you want from us. Uh, because we we're new to this and we want to hear what you all what you all want. So anyway, yeah. we're just uh, four dudes you talking into a mic. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> all right. Anyways, well, guys, um, I... we'll, hold on. We'll go around the table real quick. Um, for final thoughts, I'll I'll okay. start off here. Um, just to wrap this thing up, kind of reinstate what I said in the beginning. 
historically once upon a time bigfoot was real um i don't know how recently this thing went extinct maybe it was 10 years ago maybe it was a thousand years ago but i don't know about a new bigfoot existing today strictly for i think it would be very hard for something of that size of that stature to uh, remain secret simply because of the technology we have today i can respect that yeah so like for me uh my, my thoughts on this right i think nothing is impossible and if there's ever you're, you're gonna hear it here first so in in four months if this doesn't happen you know whatever but in four months if it happens in 2020 I think this is the biggest chance we ever find out about it. <laughs> <laughs> <For sure. laughs> that Bigfoot's legit. <laughs> oh, we're I think, gonna find I out. Don't think, I don't think a Bigfoot is too far out there for 2020. I mean, you know, no. the, the no. government done they you know they released the aliens, so or UFOs, you know, they're so I'm just saying, 2020, we got four more months. The squanch is coming. Squanch is coming. <laughs> so so for me, um, I'm still, I, th I think Bigfoot is real. I think something is real. I think there's too much for there to be nothing. Um, I don't know what it is, but there's something out there. CJ, I'm going to have to disagree with you, though. I don't think Bigfoot wants to expose himself to 2020. I think he wants to distance himself from 2020. He don't, he don't want the Rona. He don't, <laughs> he don't want he the don't Rona. Want <laughs> <laughs> all, all I've got to say is Bigfoot's real. Prove it to me otherwise, and then we'll then we'll talk. That's I'm done. I'm that's big. All right. Well, um, we'll end it here. Uh, thanks, boys, for taking the time out of your day to do this tonight. Thanks everybody for listening. Yeah. Uh, we look forward to uh, doing this again. Heck yeah. Peace out.